0: today on the podcast we have coach jared robertson he's the athletic director assistant football coach and head basketball boys basketball coach at Greenbrier west high school in charmco west virginia coach robertson is a good friend of mine and i know you will enjoy his wisdom as you listen to this podcast All right, we got Coach Robertson on the podcast today. Coach, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Coach. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Coach, tell us the listener a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from, and then we'll we'll dive into it from there.
1: All right, I'm a athletic director, head basketball coach, assistant football coach, math teacher, all at Greenbrier West High School in Charmco, West Virginia, in Greenbrier County. Uh, grew up here, Greenbrier West graduate from 1993, back in the Stone Ages. But uh, lucky to be back teaching and coaching where I grew up.
0: That's awesome, Coach. So you pl- did you play both basketball and <clears throat> football at Greenbrier West in high
1: school? I'm guessing I actually was kind of a four-sport guy. I played football, played basketball, ran track, and played baseball in the spring. Uh, my dad was a coach when I grew up, and that was kind of sports was the life of the Robertson household and it just kind of stayed that way and um actually walked on played football at Virginia Tech for a little while realized I was too slow for that nonsense of division one football but uh got a great degree at Virginia Tech and worked as a chemist for many years started coaching basketball and my wife encouraged me when I needed to make a job change to get my Teaching certification and down the teaching road I went. I've been teaching for this is my ninth year now.
0: Oh wow. So you you were a chemist. So I mean, <laughs> were you like designing like you know molecules and stuff? Or what were you doing with that?
1: Uh I worked at an agricultural research lab. I was doing a lot of testing of plants that farm animals eat to kind of sum it up.
0: Oh wow, that sounds fun. That sounds like uh, yeah. a good time, Coach. <laughs>
1: It was good. I uh, had a lot of good times there working. Eventually, agriculture went through a lot of cutbacks, and they they shut our lab down. I worked in Beckley, and my job transfer was to Philadelphia, and I'm not sure I'm a big city kind of guy. And That's when the whole teaching thing started up.
0: No doubt. Coach, describe Greenbrier West for the listener. What What kind of high school would you say that Greenbrier West is? What are some adjectives you would use to describe it?
1: I think we have a, you know, we're a rural school, you know, we have four elementary schools that feed into us, but, you know, we have two little small towns in Rupert and Raynell in our end of the county. You know, we're a, we're a true, there's one stoplight in Rainell People talk about one stoplight towns. We really do have a one stoplight town. Um, we got a lot of, you know, like a lot of areas in West Virginia, a place that grew up around coal mines and lumber and stuff like that that have fallen off with the modern times and you know not a lot of industry and stuff in our area now but um i think we got a lot of hard-working kids that still have some community pride and school pride that you see a lot in small schools and i really think it's nice to still see here even even when we're having some economic struggles in our area no doubt coach
0: I think you sent me like two seasons worth of film that I've watched uh, on our huddle. And I definitely watched like all of it, um, man, because huddle is huddle's the best. Your kids play so hard and they're so tough and y'all do a great job schematic. I just want to really you know, give you a pat on on the back for that for sure.
1: Well, I think Green Bar West from back when I was a little kid and I was a water boy running around the sideline, I think we've always had a physical mentality and a lot of physical – hard-nosed football teams, and I think we've kind of ridden on that over the years, and and thankfully, we've <coughs> we've kept that even a few years ago, when we were struggling. We were still a physical team that that people really didn't always want to play, I think.
0: Oh, no doubt, and you know, I think <coughs> high school football comes down to that for most of us. It's, you know, can we just be physical? Can we insert our will? Uh, those, those types of things. So, talk a little bit about, you know, your journey as a coach. I mean, you obviously – can manage your time because coaching football and basketball that's a lot and you're the ad so how do you how do you juggle that all three of those plus your teacher good gracious
1: i have a a wife that is a great help my wife is our principal at greenborough west so that adds another dynamic to our household um you know we spend more hours than we want to at school but we both have a love for our kids and our school and you know, that kind of takes precedence over a lot of things. Um, when I started coaching a long time ago, I started at middle school in basketball and went from middle school assistant to middle school head coach to high school assistant. And this will be my second year as the high school head coach in basketball. know, um, yeah, i kind of, I guess, ridden on basketball a lot over the years. But even when I wasn't coaching football, I was always around the program and, you know, the guy that was there watching games and talking to the coaches and we had some openings open up several years ago and and i was blessed enough to get one of those spots um juggling the time you know i used to think i did a pretty good job of it when covid 2020 hit Uh, juggling time well went down the drain i i feel like every day there's something i didn't do that i should have and that kind of thing now but um it's been tough but you know, when you have a lot of good coaches and good administration around you, that does make it a little bit easier.
0: Oh, no doubt. And, um, you know, being being around your program when you all played Scott this past year, it was that's you have like a football staff, a football program. It's very, uh, very impressive uh, to see you, what you have built there. It's it, my hat is off to you because that's it's hard to do at some places. I mean, you, you have guys that have bought in and how? How do you do that as an athletic director? How do you get a a staff and a culture that just loves being, you know, Greenbrier West loves being a Cavalier, right? That's the nickname? Am I right? Okay. Well, I I love being a Cavalier.
1: I think football wise, we're a little bit lucky right now having Coach Harris, our head coach. Um, I know a lot of people in the state have seen this story. I won't rehash it all, but he was our first head coach in 1968 when our school consolidated. And he coached for several years and then he went into administration and you know, he was a wrestling coach and, and coached at Oak Hill after he retired for a few years. And uh, when Coach Witt retired a couple years ago, Coach Harris is, uh, I believe he's 76 now. I hope I'm not telling his age wrong, but he was, <laughs> so then he was 74 and and uh, you'd never know it to be around him. You know, he's just, a, he's full of energy. He's full of ideas. He really knows football. And I think where he started coaching, you know, decades ago, he has a love for Greenboro West football. And then when you look at the rest of our staff, everybody on our staff is a former Cavalier player. And it, it makes it a little easier having school pride and, and trying to get buy-in when everybody, I think, on the staff, is a, they see themselves as a Cavalier. You know, our defensive coordinator was a Division One college football player back in the 80s, and he does a great job. Uh, our offensive coordinator I think it's really nice that he when he got out of college he started coaching and he was at Gilmer county a few years then he went to work county a few years and I think it was good for him to get out and get exposure to some other ideas and some other philosophies and then when he came back and brought his love for Greenboro west and him and coach Harris really did a great job of meshing their two philosophies together the last couple of years and helped us offensively. You know, right down the line, uh, Coach Goddard, Coach hudson Pillar, Coach Nickel, they're all Cavalier guys. And, and you know, we just do a great job of communicating with each other and trying to stay on the same page. You know, if we disagree on something, we hash it out, and it never becomes a problem. You know, it's really nice to have a staff that's worked together like that.
0: That's awesome. That's that's really unique to to have a staff where, like, all the guys played at the school. That is – I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, before, so that's that's unique, Coach. Very, very unique. That's that's a hats off to you guys for for doing that. Talk about like, how do you balance being the AD and being an assistant coach? Because technically, you're the boss of the head coach, right? So, <laughs> like, how does that how does that work? I mean, I know you all have a great relationship. Like, like how do you balance the two of being on that AD? I have all these responsibilities on game day. Plus, I'm I'm coaching a position on the football team.
1: Well, between my wife and. Uh, I'm going to call him Coach McClung because he was our head football coach. Our assistant principal, Lewis McClung, was the head football coach at West for several years. And having those two as administrators to, you know, they both understand what goes into a, a football game. And, you know, I'm I'm always helping out till about 5.30 or 6. But then, you know, they're taking over and they're relieving me and letting me go try and coach a football game. Uh, I will say that playoff games – are more challenging because of, you know, all the extra, making sure your media has passes and you're taking care of TV and radio. I think our two playoff games this year, we had a TV station and three radio stations. So, you know, trying to fit everyone in a press box, that's something that doesn't happen very often in a regular game. But, um, you know, I'm lucky because, you know, Coach Harris and I, when I was a kid, my dad and Coach Harris were, practically best friends i mean we even went on vacation together a couple times when i was a kid so you know i just have a great respect for him and you know i pretty much let him make whatever decisions he needs to and between him and our principals you know i really have an easy job for an ad compared to what i think a lot of people have that's awesome
0: talk about coaching basketball and how th- how does that help you coach football or does it i don't know i've never coach basketball so how like how do you how do, does that help you at all being a being a football coach because you're, you're the head basketball coach
1: uh you know i think it helps um when i was coaching basketball before i was a football coach we made a deep run to the state championship game um in 2013 it was actually right before i started coaching football and when uh, it was frustrating as a basketball coach because you don't have your basketball players for several weeks. You know, I think we moved five basketball games back that year. Um, okay. Once I started coaching football, it, it was a little easier to understand the, you know, you don't have these guys for a while. Um, I think it's a little bit easier to adjust in that, that kind of sense. But other than that, I just think the more you coach, the more kids you're around, the more you have a feel for your school and what's going on Um there's still some basketball players. I wish I could twist their arm a little bit harder to get them to play football. I think I'd help our football team to get some more athletes yeah. out there um, and vice versa. There's some football kids that do nothing in the winter that I wish could play basketball or, or go wrestle. We, I think we have an epidemic of too many kids doing one sport. In a small school like us, we need kids doing two or three sports to, to kind of help each other all around.
0: Oh no doubt, you you hit the nail on the head there. I we had the same, I guess issue issue as I guess the right word of nitros. You got kids right. saying, "Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a footballer. I'm just a basketballer. I'm just a wrestler." Yeah. Like, hey man, you should play all these things. You know, let's be involved. Let's try to develop our athletic ability. So, like as an athletic director, how do you help your coaches see the um, the importance of that? Like, hey, these guys play multiple sports is good for them as a player and good for us as a coach.
1: Well, I think. I think most of our coaches are firm believers that each sport helps each other, not just mentally, but physically. Um, You know, I, I think it's just a sign of the times now that kids aren't wanting to do more than one thing. You know, we're lucky we have a lot of kids that play football only, but they do at least get in the weight room and they work hard in the off season with that kind of thing. But, you know, if you watch Greenboro West football, you could see we could use some more speed and quickness. And I think more kids playing basketball can help that kind of thing. You know, that's Mm -hmm. where I think they help each other. I wish we could get more kids out in the spring playing baseball and, and running track, you know, hand-eye coordination, your, your spring, all those things that go together just from staying active year round and developing your body in different ways. But, you know, AD wise, it's easy when all our coaches are on the same page and everybody has that same philosophy.
0: That's awesome coach. Um, Talk a little bit about like how I've watched y'all's offense a hundred times. So like how did that come together? Because I'm not trying to give away your secrets, but your your eye, <laughs> your and your your spread, and you do Correct. what would seem to be like a lot of things. So how do you get the teaching in that you need uh to be able to do that? Because I think it's it's a really good system and I'm gonna come down there to Charmco and pick your brain this offseason. But
1: absolutely. Uh, you know,
0: talk talk about that. Like how how did that come together? Because that's an interesting. I mean, you're like three back like Maryland I, and then you're you know, two by two, three by one, or or empty.
1: Well, we've done a great job. You know, our staff kind of got thrown together at the last minute. I know we've talked about that last July before, not this season, but last season. And Coach Harris had a you know, Coach Harris had ran the eye. Coach Harris had ran some split back veer and Coach Harris had ran some spread stuff when he was at Oak Hill and he had a lot of speed over there. So Coach Harris had had some experience on a lot of different things. And when Coach Osborne came from Work County, um, he was a shotgun spread guy. I mean, they were I'm not they were some two back, but they were a ton of one back and spread you out, you know, and like a lot of people in high school, a lot of spread out to run the ball rather than spread out to throw the ball. Um, hmm. So our first year, I think it was kind of rocky. We, we signaled a lot of stuff with our spread. We, we used wristbands for our eye. And, you know, it was kind of a, okay, this drive, we're running an eye formation. We changed personnel and that kind of thing. Once we had a full offseason to sit down and, and mesh the two together better, um, this year was fun for me offensively just watching. You know, we we never huddled. We signaled everything, and, you know, basically it's just a, you know, we signal our formation. Um, we look like we do a lot of things, but like a lot of places, you know, you run trap left, it's the same guy pulling, it's the same blocking scheme, whether you're in an eye or you're in a two-by-two two, right. or you're in a, you know, an eye gun with an eye formation beside the quarterback and the shotgun. And we really did a good job, I think, of getting our blocking scheme simplified so that our linemen could, you know, we had – my biggest worry going into the season was how many mistakes are we going to have with our linemen getting signals and everybody being on the same page. And truthfully with, we played 10 games and we had very few mental mistakes, like a guy blocking the wrong play or the wrong direction or something like that. So, you know, I give our kids credit for that. uh, Going through all the boring repetitions through the summer and, you know, the way the summer was when the season got delayed, but we still got to have all that time with our kids. We got a lot of reps, not against, you know, not physical reps, but mental reps that helped mm-hmm. us be able to, to do all that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, I was watching your film well, with the whole season and in the off season. Like, man, that's that's some good stuff. You know, I've, I'm a little different. Like, as a play caller, I like being in similar personnel groupings, but it made be stretched my thinking. Like, hey, maybe that's something we should do. You know, right like they're kind of looking looking at how that goes right And but it all depends on what your personnel is i guess you know do you have the guys to be in you know that personnel grouping and you guys did i mean you really did a great job getting guys in and out it was it was fun watching that live because it was like you'd sub in like a lineman on some formations i was like man that is cool you know yeah. to, to do that
1: and in, in general the only sub we made you know other than an injury or you know sometimes we would try and get a little bit more speed on the field or something like that but Cole McClung was a super player for us. He was our starting right guard, but in all our jumbo packages, he shifted back to fullback, um, and we'd sub in one lineman and take out our our slot back to do that. And we really did. I worried about being able to do that, but it, it turned into you know after a couple games, especially the guy going in was looking over his shoulder, getting a signal so he wasn't behind and. You know, the kid that was coming out knew when we said his name while we were saying his name, and he's sprinting off the field. And, you know, other than that, you know, we did a really good job of just being able to signal and go. And probably the one thing I'd like to see us be able to develop is tempo more. Now that we've got our system in and we've got Mm -hmm. things down, um, we didn't really go a true hurry up. We weren't slow, but we weren't a true hurry up very often. And and I think Mm -hmm. with some depth, you can – you can really get to defenses that way if you can mix in some tempo as well
0: oh no doubt yeah it's funny you say tempo i i was looking at our roster coming back and i think we're going to try to play the slowest football game in america (laughs) (laughs) like i told our dudes the coordinator i said if we have to play under 140 snaps a game i mean just our it's our roster size It's kind of is what it is Right, And uh, he was like, looking at me, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm studying huddle, like looking at teams that are slow. Like, okay, how many plays do they run a game? And it's like, under, if they're under 140, they're probably winning. So,
1: like, you know, we had to go teams, slow. We had a couple teams against us this year that would line up and literally stand there for 15, 20 seconds to run the play clock down. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same kind of concept. You're You're shortening the game. You're cutting out some plays because – if people are snapping it quick, you you can tell by our films we'd have a lot of plays in a game. Um, oh yeah,
0: y'all go fast. Right. That's awesome, coach. That is that is awesome. Talk a little bit about you know kind of what y'all do on, on defense. I was talking to your defensive coordinator uh, when when y'all were playing Scott, and um, he never mentioned to me but Division One football, which tells you what kind of guy he is. You know, he's just oh, kind yeah. of a humble humble dude. Uh, talk a little bit about y'all's philosophy on, on that side of the ball.
1: Well, Coach Vaughn came through. Like I said, he played for West. He went to Wake Forest and played, and uh, he, you know, he played real well for Wake Forest. D one the ACC back in the '80s. He got out of college, and he actually was a grad assistant for a couple of years in Division One college football. And I think, you know, between all those experiences together, he came back. I was actually in high school when he came back to West and started coaching, and. Back then, we were a straight 5-2, two, cover-2 two team. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything was based off of that. So, when people ask me now what we do on defense, it's it's kind of hard for me to answer because we still have some 5-2, two, cover-2 two tendencies. But, mm-hmm. in general, we're a – he'd kill me if I said we're a four-man front. So, I hope he doesn't see this. But, in general, <laughs> we're a four-man front now. And we have what we call a bandit linebacker that – Anytime somebody plays a tight end, he walks up and becomes a defensive end and gives us a five-man front. Okay. Um, we are, uh, I'm going to say, 90% man-free in our coverage. Okay. Um, we're not the fastest team in the world in Charmco year after year, so we've kind of challenged our defensive backs to get up in people's face, to challenge them to get off of press coverage and and to make plays. And, you know, it's risky, and we give up a, a shot once in a while, but, you know, we're usually trying to get pressure up front where they don't have a lot of time, and and that's just kind of our philosophy we went with, and, you know, this year, most of the year, we played pretty well, don't know. I'm We won't touch the last game where we struggled a little bit at times, but uh, all in all, you know, he does a great job of, of getting our kids to buy into that philosophy. That's awesome, Coach. Yeah.
0: I was very, very impressed. Um, the team you were playing was, you know, three back kind of option stuff, and you guys shut them, shut them down. It was, it was fantastic, Coach. As we we land this plane here, talk a little bit about some advice you'd give to a to a guy trying to get into coaching, maybe trying to become an athletic director. Uh, what are some things you would tell them before they make the step to to go that direction?
1: You can never do enough homework. Um, mm-hmm my wife she'll look at me she'll be like what are you looking at and it's usually film of something or an article about something and i guess that's the thing with coaching football and basketball i can kind of split my time i can do one for a few weeks and then go to the other one for a few weeks but um you can never do enough homework and it doesn't mean you're going to agree with everyone or do the same thing that everybody does but i think the more you expose yourself to the more you can get your own philosophy of what you want to do. Um, You know, I'll give you a basketball example. I used to be, when I started coaching, I said, I'm going to play straight man to man. I don't believe in zone. If you're going to be good, you have to be a man to man team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of very successful coaches that have that philosophy. Well, if you came and watched us last year, we probably played 80 or 90% zone we zone pressed. We ran like crazy. Um, you know, in high school, I think it's a little different. You have to adjust to your personnel. Yeah. College, you can get a system and recruit to your system. You know, in Charmco, you can't recruit a kid to come in and play man to man defense because you look at what the middle school sends you and, and make the best that you can with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think football, it's the same way. You need to figure out what your philosophy is, learn as much as you can of what you want to do. And then be flexible to adjust as you need to, and and I think that's the great thing we've done here at West in football the last couple of years is adjust our personnel and use that to make us successful. Um, you know, just things like this: watching podcasts, reading stuff that coaches put out there. You can never do enough to to get an idea of what people are doing. You know, I'm I'm studying this <coughs> how colleges and pros are struggling to stop the spread offense. And, You know, that's, I think it's turned into an offensive game in football. And that's, I've always considered myself a defensive guy. That's defensive Mm -hmm. guys. We've got to figure out a way to stop this. And, you know, what that secret is, I'm not smart enough to know, but hopefully we'll figure it out one of these days.
0: Oh, no doubt. I I also think it's all cyclical. I think, you know, you're looking at NFL. I look at a team like the 49ers got the Super Bowl and they were like in 21 personnel most of the time. And that comes down to guys signing lighter linebackers lighter defensive lineman to defend spread. And then, you know, Sean, uh, not Sean Bay, Kyle Shanahan's like, I'll show you what to do with that. I'll just run yeah. freaking power We're gonna run right at wide you, wide zone. <laughs> yeah, because you're light and I'm big, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just the cat and mouse is so cool to watch. In high school, I was telling somebody the other day, man, it's so unique to play defense in high school because you can see a different offense every week. You can see spread, you can see single wing, you can see wing tee, you can see pro, you can see veer. You know, you can see everything. It just just depends on what your schedule is, and that's that makes it fun, though, because it makes you be and, able to defend defend all that.
1: It's awesome. You know, when I was a kid, I watched the NFL every week, and it was exciting, and, and now it's almost – I don't want to call it boring because it's still football, and I love football, but, you know, you watch it, and most teams do the same thing on both sides of the ball. You know, college used to be completely different from program to program, and now I think college is even creeping towards – so many people doing the same kind of thing. But you get out there on Friday nights in high schools, and, and like you said, it's great that, you know, you never know what you're going to see week to week. We, we saw the single wing twice this year. If you'd have told mm-hmm. me 10 years ago that we were going to see a single wing twice in a season, I'd have laughed. And, and Right, yeah. And then you got, like, Bridgeport, who's one of the most successful teams in the state year after year. Well, they went to the single wing this year and ha- and having a great year. So, Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like I said, it's what your personnel is and and your kids buying in. That's the great thing about high school football. You can be successful doing a lot of different things.
0: Oh, no doubt, Coach. Coach, I appreciate you coming on. You're a busy man. You were on your roof fixing Christmas lights before <laughs> this. I'm glad you're safe. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to texting you and talking to you all off season and getting some more ideas.
1: Absolutely, man. We'll get up together as, as soon as we can. You know that. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Coach. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.